Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sometimes journalism happens in the most interesting of places. In fact, this reported by a television station I used to work for, WKYT. Channel 27 in Lexington. I love the way this story is written. As opposed to, I'm I'm just going to be very straightforward honest with you, the Christian publications. Here's the headline for WKYT. The longest church service at Asbury since 1970 has been happening nonstop since Wednesday. In a little bit, I'm going to get to the word that... So many Christian outlets have been using, which I think has been bastardized. We'll get to that later. Let me tell you what's been happening. For over 100 hours, people have filled the rows of Hughes Auditorium at Asbury University to worship. It's being referred to now by the community as a revival. It began Wednesday spontaneously when students felt the urge to stay after the mandatory chapel service. The president of Asbury, Kevin Brown, said we're unique because three times a week we stop everything that we're doing and gather for a chapel service together. This is just a service that has not ended. Since Wednesday, the phenomenon has spread all throughout social media with churches and other campuses bringing busloads of people to the chapel. Lloyd Nineber, never heard of Asbury before, but after seeing the social media post, drove seven hours from, guess where, North Carolina to see the revival in Wilmore for himself. Nineveh saying, with what's going on in the world and all the darkness, this was like light and light coming through. I wanted to see what was going on and see God moving. A revival like this is not uncommon for Asbury. Back in 1970, a similar service lasted two weeks. Since then, there hasn't been an active worship of this length. Students, community members, continue to find peace in dwelling and worshiping in the chapel and say they don't see signs of stopping anytime soon. The student body president saying we're just sitting with him. It's just deeply gentle and deeply loving. Just a glimpse of what I think heaven will look like. They're encouraging people to come to Asbury and see the revival for themselves. If it's for 20 minutes, A couple of hours for the week. Can't lose anything, but you can gain everything. The message out of Wilmore, Kentucky. I have a number of friends who have gone to that school. They have a very prominent seminary there. And 
full disclosure, I'm also planning, probably on a future visit, if this is still going on, I might very well make the 30-minute trip from Lexington next time to go there, uh, if time permits. I'll just be very curious to check it out. So I want to, as well, share with you a couple of items from a couple of really good friends of mine, because it expresses my heart regarding these matters. Let me just say, for purposes of understanding where I'm coming from, I don't generally like the use of the word revival in the way it is used. Most of the time, it's a reference to church services. And my heart and concern is that we move beyond that. If, you, if you've been listening to this program, if you heard what I started to share with you on Friday, a great piece by Tim Keller we may continue today, where he's talking about real revival. Now, here is where I part from where many people are. There are a lot of people who get excited about church services. I, I don't th- think these things have to be against each other. I think there's something to experiencing extraordinary manifestations of God's presence. That's wonderful. There has to be an outgrowth of that that manifests itself in real human transformation and social transformation. If neither one of those things happen, I remain skeptical. And that's really, honestly, where I am today. Let me share with you a couple of posts from dear friends of mine, beginning with Steve Crosby. (laughs) I love his heading for this that he posted just today. Crabby old man rant warning. I've been a lifelong charismatic believer, for lack of a better term, though hardcore modern charismatics want nothing to do with me, which doesn't bother me at all. So I've been a lifelong charismatic 50 years, seen a lot, the marvelous, the good, the bad, and the ugly. My beef with the state of affairs in modern Pentecostalism and charismaticdom that I've experienced is neither have an anthropology, sociology, or ethics worth a dime, and revival is not the solution. Wow. I think you understand where Steve's coming from. He's talking about substance, anthropology sociology. What's he talking about? He's talking about relationship, ethics. If that doesn't change, we've just made a bunch of noise. And we have this. I so appreciate this from Lauren. Lauren used to be a youth pastor years ago. Lauren's one of those people I met years ago, and they're just people you meet. You can just clearly sense the heart of Jesus when you spend time with him. Lauren's one of those people. Here's what he posted on social media the other day. I keep seeing posts about a revival that has broken out at a university. My thinking on this is, we'll know soon enough. You see, revival is not a bunch of people being moved by Christian music. And as my friend Steve Crosby says, getting their Jesus buzz. 
It is community committed to embracing the ethics of Jesus Christ taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Are they choosing to love and forgive their enemies? Are they putting aside all forms of retaliation and violence and committed to being peacemakers? Are their hearts turning towards caring for the poor, marginalized, and the outcasts? In other words, is love as an action at its core? Following Jesus actually looks like something that is witnessed and experienced by the communities in which the followers live. Anything else is just more religious noise. I'm a skeptic. Until I see the poor being fed, housed, and clothed, the LGBTQ community embraced and welcomed, the elderly and disabled cared for, people from opposing political and societal groups laying down their lives for one another, etc., a big group singing together for days is just Christian Woodstock, unless the community actually witnesses and experiences the love of the Father firsthand. My goodness. When I read this from Lauren the other day, I was like, yes, yes, yes. That phrase, Christian Woodstock, man, that'll preach. Want to get your thoughts as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. On the Vince Coakley radio program, talking about the events at Wilmore University in, actually, it's Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky. And 
Uh, let me clarify something I said earlier. To kind of put all of this together, I do think there can be some special times of refreshing that ultimately manifest themselves in change in us that then impacts the community we're a part of and beyond. So all of these things go together. They are not things that I want to portray as being against each other. I will say, though, that the current religious culture, which is very much one I would refer to as being a consumer culture, is about indulgence. And it never moves from inside a building. Over on the text line, this texter responding says, yes and no. Where two or more are gathered in my name, then I will hear. Prayer is powerful and called for. That is from Cher. I agree the poor needs to be helped, not taken care of. They should be helped by the church and by individuals, not the government. They should pull their own weight. Embrace the LGBT community? What are you, what are you kidding? Jesus would say, go and sin no more. That's what he said to the prostitute. Before we go further with that, would you not say he embraced the woman at the well? He engaged her. He related to her. He did not engage her at arm's length with a sign that said, that said stay away, whore. I'm, I'm just being blunt here. Because we really have to ask yourself the question as to whether, and, and you'd have to hear the whole context of things I've communicated about this before, but the first step in any gospel presentation is identification. That's what Jesus did. And many of us don't get there because we've already projected basically what I would call hateful moralism. To the point where nobody wants to hear anything else we have to say beyond that. So, there's got to be a place of engagement first. That's what I'm saying. We'll continue this text. Jesus would say, go and sin no more. That's what he said to the prostitute. The moral truth, uh, they are no different. And for us to embrace them, she means legitimize their lifestyle. That's not Christian. No, that's not what Lauren is saying. He is saying... Embrace them as people, as human beings. We continue on. Christians need to have the courage to spread the moral truth. End of story. And apparently you don't, Vince, when it comes to this issue. How many sins are we supposed to embrace? See, you're not even listening. This tells me, <laughs> this tells me everything I need to know about where you're coming from and where a good part of the church is coming from. You aren't even hearing what I said. How are you going to hear these folks? Christians need to have the courage to spread the moral truth into story. Apparently you don't when it comes to the issue. How many sins are we supposed to embrace? God doesn't send the sin to hell. God sends the sinner to hell. Vince, I think many churches are embracing the LGBT community. Problem is they're embracing the lifestyle, which is not supposed to be embraced. Love the sinner, hate the sin. Boy, a lot of people really stuck on this issue. Let me just clarify. I don't know. I've not talked to Lauren about this particular aspect. As I understand, Lauren, what he's talking about here is embracing people, no matter who they are. I would tell you that I think in a unique way, the church has projected a 
an ire, a contempt for people in this community in ways they've not communicated toward anybody else. How do I know this? I've been around here for more than 50 years. I've been watching. And I hear from people and hear their stories. And I know what's going on and what they are getting from church and religious people. I'll, I'll just tell you, I'm not a violent person at all, ironic, based on what I just shared. But some of these, some of us, I'm just going to say, and I'm going to put myself in, in this part of the group, some of us need a good kick in the ass for the way we've behaved. I'm just saying it. And using our moralism to justify the fact that we've just not loved people. Many of us don't know how, and we don't care to know how. I'm going to share just one item from the Tim Keller article. I'm going to save this without going into all of it right now. Because this, to me, this article, the American Christianity due for a revival, and, and I love the context by which he is referring to revival, I fully embrace, because he's talking about something substantive. This is not about meetings and services. He's talking about the substance of who we are and how we live. Here's the third item he mentions. The church in the U.S. can grow again if it embraces the global and multi-ethnic character of Christianity. By 2050, nearly one in five Americans will be foreign-born, and these immigrants will likely come from the more religious parts of the world. Immigrants bring their faith with them. Christianity in East Asia grew from 1.2% of the population in 1970 to 10.5% of the population in 2020. Isn't it interesting what's happening in East Asia? As opposed to the downturn here in America and other parts of the Western world? Chinese and Korean immigrant communities have started as many as hundreds of churches in New York alone since the late 70s. Protestantism in Latin America has grown explosively particularly through the Pentecostal and evangelical denominations, and these Christians are coming to the U.S. The combination of secular Americans having fewer children and the increasing immigration of religious people leads some observers to argue secularization is likely to stall in America by 2050. Established majority white denominations often welcome ethnic congregations to grow their numbers, but don't always open the doors of power and leadership to them. If the fastest-growing non-white U.S. churches are supported by the church's power structure in a non-paternalistic way, and if their leaders are consistently embraced and included at all levels, then the public face of the church will look very different and much more credible. What's the point Tim Keller is making here? The point I've been making to you about politics. We've done the same thing in the church we've done in the political system. It's a fraternity. It is. And I can tell you from my experience, I spent many years as part of a predominantly white Christian organization that did a lot of lip service to concern about people outside, but there was really no tangible, no tangible behavior that demonstrated anything of substance. None. It was a fraternity. And, Don, and I'm just going to say this, 
you know, I know people have their preferences, music, preaching, whatever. That's not even the issue. I think it was Martin Luther King who said the most segregated hour in America is 11 to 12. And it is. And that, in many ways, has not changed, has it? So it's not just a matter of members. It's a matter of leadership. Something to think about. (laughs) Much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. like this text. Vince, I hope you didn't misinterpret my last text. I think we, the church, are way overdue for a lengthy discussion, shouting people down, telling them they're going to hell, (laughs) is definitely not the way to go. You think? (laughs) Neither is the Joel Osteen method. There needs to be a balance in between. Yep. I tried social church before, which is where a bunch of so-called Christians get together some weekly event. It was too clicky. My friend and I quit that after one month. We can talk all this over whenever we meet. Oh, so you think we're going to meet and talk about this? <laughs> no, I always enjoy your post. Uh, you, I love how thoughtful Jeff is. Vince, I was just wondering if we have to embrace the LGBTQ whatever. Why are they not embracing us? Why do they not understand where we're coming from? Hmm. With our children. And then we push back on them. Only because we push back on them, we're accused of being white supremacists and racists. Like I said in my earlier text, I do not look at people what they are. I look at people for who they are. I taught my children that. I taught my grandchildren that. But people all have to understand we're all different. If you're a good person, I'll be your friend. I will help you. I'll do whatever. But if you're going to be a nasty person who's going to try to push your way of living, your lesbianism, your gay, whatever, on my family and on my children, well, that's another story. We're going to have an issue. Yeah. Really interesting texts here. You know, let me just say to you one of the things I think we've got to learn to do, and this is part of what uh, I'm growing in this. We need to understand if we are followers of Christ, we've got to remember that we are strangers and pilgrims. 
and we've got to avoid let's not put a political agenda ahead of our kingdom agenda I want you to think about what you said for instance about people okay great I I, I need to accept them but do they show that respect to me you got this backwards think about Jesus why do we love him is because he loved us first right not because we were looking for him just something to think about and the the older I get the more I realize and I don't care if it's the gay lesbian groups I, I'm just saying humanity in general I, I find myself as I get older I find people more and more who just they don't even know how to love they don't even know how to communicate and this is where we as Christians ought to excel we ought to be more in demand now than ever providing solutions but unfortunately many of us rather than being part of the solution are part of the problem we're making a whole lot of noise and a lot of times not providing the love and the path toward reconciliation that we need to be just putting that out there on the subject of culture wars get a load of this a new bill in Idaho would open schools and public libraries to lawsuits for allowing minors to obtain books films and other media that depict sexual content deemed offensive this legislation would allow parents to sue schools and libraries if employees gave their child harmful material or if the institution failed to take reasonable steps to restrict access to harmful materials for minors. The bill mirrors a current Idaho law that prohibits giving children under 18 harmful materials that features nudity, sexual conduct, sexual excitement, or sadomasochistic abuse when it's lewd, or patently offensive to prevailing standards among adults. Yeah, again, I this still blows my mind. You have to even pass a law. But this is where we are, right? Now I'm not saying that we ought to keep all this material away from uh information about sexuality, away from growing people, but again, this is something for parents to engage until someone's 18 years old and some of the stuff that young and I mean young 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 kids are getting exposed to it's really way out of control by the way sexual conduct under the law includes depictions of masturbation homosexuality sexual intercourse and physical contact with genitals and female breasts what do you think about this is this appropriate you think this is too far I mean it goes back to the conversation about the parental empowering legislation here in North Carolina and Florida wherever I, I still have a hard time understanding what is the correct context to share these kinds of materials with let's say a third or fourth grader and below help me understand why a child of this age should be able to go to the library or anywhere else and access this but I'm open to a contrary point of view we've talked a lot about these transgender issues been a lot in the news lately 
And I mentioned to you what's happening in the United Kingdom, how they're moving away from this so-called gender-affirming care. Breitbart has an interesting story about an ongoing lawsuit that involves these transgender issues. UK health agency ignored concerns over child transgenderism for financial gain. Boy, there's a shocker. The infamous UK government-run Tavistock Child Transgenderism Clinic has been accused by one expert of having ignored medical concerns for financial gain. This is among a series of shocking claims by a former governor. Dr. David Bell, former governor of the now infamous Tavistock and Portman NHS Foundation Trust, has alleged the Health Services Gender Identity Development Service ignored issues involving how transgenderism was being pushed onto children for financial gain. Bell has become one of Britain's most prominent critics of the service. By the way, it was ordered to wind down last year after a report found it was not a safe service for children to be subjected to. Imagine that. According to a report in the UK's establishment-adjacent newspaper of record, The Times, further revelations into the questionable operations of GIDS are to be published in a book later this week, which will contain testimony from a number of experts linked to the clinic. In the book, Dr. Bell is said to describe the Tavistock Trust as benefiting immensely from the GIDS service, with the service proving to be like gold dust financially for the NHS-linked operation, with any criticism the child genderism services operation being sidelined as a result. What a surprise. All about money. And they had to shut this thing down. I hope... I hope this kind of revelation comes to America. We can only hope. Stay with us. Vince Coakley radio program on this legislation in Idaho, I believe. Vince, I don't think it goes far enough. I think those materials not only shouldn't be accessible until it's age appropriate, and then age appropriate should only be determined by the parents. And I agree with it being criminalized. I think it's just disgusting how they want to sexualize the youth of our nation so that they can be happy with their own choices. Yep. This is about affirmation for adults. I've said this plenty of times, folks. These are people trying, in many cases, to extort an identity out of you. Just putting that out there. This texture from the upstate, truth without love is ineffective. But love without truth is hypocrisy. I have to be careful not to love someone to destruction. That is from Max. Just a sampling of some of the items here. Also this, reading, writing, and arithmetic. 
parents can share those materials, the sexual stuff, pedophilia is now becoming acceptable. Yeah. It is a very different world than the one that we grew up in, isn't it? <laughs> oh, oh. I, I have to go over some of this. I have to be really careful. Vince, the left, they don't seem to have a problem with Rihanna. The Scarlet Woman of Babylon coming down from the sky surrounded by unborn spirits, which was very occultish at halftime of the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is a really profound text. If we're followers of Christ, we follow him. Many in the church have decided he follows us. Ooh. That's pretty... Uh, Staggering. But I get your observation there. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Christopher, how are you? Doing good, Vince. Happy Valentine's Day. Hey, same to you, man. You, you have any special plans today? Oh, I'm in the midst of them. You know, I kind of make it a Valentine's week. It's Valentine's season around my place. So. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Love is the coal that makes this train roll. Ooh, I like this. I have to remember that one. <laughs> Love is the coal that makes this train roll. I can't take credit for that. That's impressive. Well, we have a lot of items here as we take a look at the day in history. We began way back in the year 270. Remember where we started our discussion? This saint was beheaded by order of Claudius the Cruel because he kept marrying people. Who was this saint? They beheaded a saint? I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't oh, know. Oh, come on. What were we just talking about? Oh, Valentine's. There St. Valentine. Go. Okay, very good. St. Yes. Valentine got beheaded? Yep. Oh, my. Yep. They don't yes. mention that in the Hallmark of shop. Of course not. Man. Why would you? That's not very romantic sounding, is it? I don't know how I'm going to have a happy Valentine's Is that going to put you in the mood to go and celebrate well, with your beloved? There's some know? weirdos out there that might work for her. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone and keep it moving. My goodness. Downer. 1779. Um, this guy was killed by Hawaiian natives on his third visit to the islands. Didn't work out too well. 1779. That was. Uh, do you happen to know that one by chance? Uh, it's. It's no. Captain Cook. Captain Cook was the guy. And you want to talk about a really bad Valentine's Day? How about 1884? Teddy Roosevelt's wife and his mother both died within hours of each other. Have you seen his journal entry from that day? No. Tell me about it. Uh, the love has left my life, or the light has left my life, oh, I believe. That's all he wrote in his diary for that day is, the that is light so has left my life. Oh, gosh. Uh, so, terrible. enjoy your time with your loved ones today. Oh, really I embrace know. it. Tell you, uh, Yeah, but we're really making people feel good, aren't we? Yeah, figuratively uh, and literally. You embrace know, the, your loved ones. Oh, and, and it, you know, the hits keep coming. 1929. We had the Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago, a gang war between Capone and, and Moran. 
The bugs lost, by the way. <laughs> 1886, the first trainload of oranges left California. 1949, the U.S. charged this country had 14 million people in internment and labor camps. Remember what was going on at the time between us and this other country? Japan, yeah. We have, no, we this was... We the Japanese, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we did. This was the USSR that we were charging with having people in internment camps. Uh, Greece opened at the Eden Theater in 1972. Armed guerrillas attacked the U.S. Embassy in Tehran, 1979. You remember that? Oh, yes, I do. And Iran's supreme leader issued a fatwa on Salman Rushdie, who is still alive. And T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.